It is the Hoffman Show on the Team 980, always live as well on the free Odyssey app. Thanks again to James Smith-Williams for joining us. Sounds like maybe after the bye week you'll be able to get back with that hamstring injury, but a tough task ahead for his teammates this weekend against Miami. And again, the Toy Drive 44321, text Toy Drive 2023 to donate and help James and company get toys for kids who really could use them this holiday season. Uh, right now, though, total switch gears. We got a chance earlier today, we being Logan Paulson and I, to talk to Mark Schlereth, who's on the call for the NFL on Fox this weekend for the Washington-Miami game. Uh, always great to catch up with Stink on a game week where he's grinded the Washington tape, uh, get his thoughts on Jack Del Rio's dismissal and what maybe caused that and where he thinks EB in this offense is. Without further ado, our chat with Mark Schlereth. Continuing on Take Command with Mark Schlereth, friend of the show. Although, Mark, first time we get you with Paulson. Just ready for you two to bang some helmets <laughs> right, and uh, right. get going. Yeah. Yeah, it's wait. exciting. Uh, so I wanted to talk to you first, Mark. I know I know you spend so much time grinding the tape, and um, I think you have a great perspective uh, when we have you on because like we spend a lot of time watching Washington, but then right. you spend a lot of time watching Washington because you call their games and you have an interest here, but you also watch everyone else that you cover week in and week out for Fox, uh, and you're obviously local there in Denver as well. When you look at, at this defense and ultimately Jack Del Rio getting fired after last week's game, and you look at the issues that they've had, do you see those as schematic personnel? Obviously, there's probably going to be some mix of both, but like, what's right. the balance there in, in what you've seen? Well, I think I think the biggest thing you know for me is the number of explosives given up, um, and Washington leads the league in explosive plays. And at la last year, I don't know if they led it for the entire league, but I know the first eight or nine weeks they were number one in explosives given up as well. Those things, those things to me are, you know, kind of part and parcel of both, uh, from a, you know, from a talent level or from a, a player level, but also probably more on the schematic standpoint of things. Um, when I watch teams make mistakes, when I watch teams get beat over the top, when I watch teams constantly give up big plays, that to me is guys not understanding what their responsibilities are. And oftentimes that comes with too much on your plate. You're asking somebody to do too much or um, you haven't minimized the menu to a point where guys can play fast and guys can play hard. And uh, listen, anything from a, a player's perspective to me is the more I have to think, the, the slower the game goes for you as a player. And I want things to be simplified. I want to simplify things for myself. And I want to be able to play at a, you know, incredibly fast pace. And it gets to one of those things like I, it doesn't need to be perfect. It never is perfect, right? So many coaches, I think, get concerned with, hey, we've got the perfect adjustment to this. And like part of it is, hey, man, if they get us with this, they get us. Like, but I just want to line up and play hard and play fast. And I think especially today's day of the NFL where there are so many adjustments and so many formations and so many motions and shifts and all that stuff, uh, you can get you can get mesmerized with all the periphery stuff and not be ready to get punched in the mouth. And, and, that, and that, to me, is football in its essence. And when I watch them, I just see them make 
you know, big play, like in that Giants game, they had five sacks in the first quarter. They had, I think, eight total sacks, a bunch of tackles for losses, yet they still found a way to give up, you know, six or seven explosive plays in the passing game and several touchdowns in the passing game where you're just like, like, what are you doing? Like, like you give up a wheel route to the, to Saquon Barkley. And you're like, dude, you got to play that high to low. You can't jump on the out part of that. Like you've got to be able to say, Hey, we'll give up that four yards or that five yard out uh, to make sure you don't get us big time over the top with a, with a rookie quarterback who, you know, let's face it is, is questionable. So I, like all those things, that's just a very long-winded answer. I apologize, but no, no. I mean, that's why you're here, man. And then, so the thing I would say is, like, you know, as a player, and probably you know, like in your experiences, how do you walk that line of of being kind of that in that sweet spot of saying we are complex enough that we handle right. all the things this is going to be that's going to be presented, but we're not making the guys overthink. And like, especially this week versus Miami, Ron's coming in putting a new like not a new system in, but got to kind of probably simplify a little bit. Where's that line for you? And like, what, what's the expectation for Ron coming to this game? Yeah. You know, interestingly enough, and I had these conversations um, all the time. I remember us putting in a play um, when I was in Denver and it was a, a bend back play. It was an automatic, you know, tight zone, bend back the opposite way. And, you know, we're going to trap the outside guy. And it, it was designed to be, it wasn't a normal, you know, we're running 14-15 weak or 14-15 yeah. strong, and we're going to bend it back. It was a design, so you don't want to let guys cross your face, you know, and then wheel them out. And the coaching staff put it in, and they were like, okay, we're going to run, for instance, it was going to be 14-15 bend. So if we went 14-15 bend, we were going to go, we're going to run, like we're going to run, they would call it 15 bend, but we would run it to the 14 side and bend back to the, to the Ooh, you know, to the left confusing. side. Yeah. Right. And, and I'm like, I told the coaches in the meeting, I go, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard of. <laughs> like, and they're like, no, 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 because we're running. Eventually we want to get to the, to the left side. So we're going to go, we're going to, and I go, no, no, no. If you're going to call that way, just call it 14 bend. We're going to go back to the opposite side. And I argued literally with, with my coach, and our coordinator, I argued for 10 minutes and I said, listen, that I have to think about that. And if I have to think about that, like at least one of our fullbacks and one of our tight ends and, and somebody else is going to screw this thing. I guarantee you we're going to have three or four busts. And mark my word, we'll have a bust or two. And sure enough, we go to the practice. We bust it three times. And the coaches go, okay, now it's called 14 bend, right? <laughs> but sometimes you got to listen to your players, right? Because we're right. the ones that have to go out on the field and execute it. And just little things like that that let you play fast, that let you play on pace. And as, as a player, I thought it was always important to have that give and take. When a coach installs something, say, I get, I get the concept, right? And I see how that works on a grease board. But let me tell you how it works in a game. And you've got to have that level of respect and you've got to be able to have, you know, and it's, it's not one of those, we're not, we, we fight about it, but it's, it's one of those things from a mutual respect standpoint. And so I think sometimes your players have to let the coaches know that, Hey man, this is, this one is, it doesn't make sense in my head, right? right. It's, I, I can't simplify it enough. And the guys for me that have the greatest success in the league, like when I talk to quarterbacks around the league, guys who make it simple on themselves, 
like just can just can go, hey man, if I get a single high, essentially, man, I know if I get a single high safety, man, I'm throwing out to the edges, right? I got one on ones out to the edges, you know, I'm gonna throw a comeback or I got access to the outside. And if I get two highs, I'm gonna I'm gonna concentrate on on getting, you know, my number three receiver in a three by one formation matched up on the middle linebacker. And like that's my best matchup, so I'm gonna throw it in the middle of the field. And guys that just have an ability to make the game super simple for themselves like that, it like those guys play fast, and I think you as a coach need to make it that way uh, on your players to make it that simple. And, you know, you, then you then you make it complex by motioning guys and moving guys and and getting into different personnel groupings and making people communicate. But at the essence, it's just a really simple game. Yeah, no, I I hear you on that, and something we've talked about a lot uh, in terms of this defense and where it feels like there's confusion. It's also a line we've talked about with the commander's offense and, uh, you know, how much is on Sam Howell's plate? What, what's the, you know, what's Eric Bannemi doing uh, to make Sam Howell's job easier? Uh, we, I feel like I'd ask you this basically same exact question, you know, five weeks ago or whenever it was when mm-hmm. last time you had these guys for Fox. But what have you seen from Sam and Eric and how their relationship has evolved in this, you know, middle third of the season? Well, I, I, I will certainly say they have definitely got under center more, which I think is important. Um, because I think that it's really hard to re- to run hard play action stuff out of gun. Um, you know, you don't get any, you don't, you know, I was talking to Luke Keekley last week he goes, yeah, we were talking about gun versus gun runs, gun, you know, play action versus under center. And, um, Luke would always say, Hey man, there is no suck factor in shotgun. We, we don't get sucked up. Like, we will play that from high to low. So I can still hit all my drops and take away your intermediate routes, which is really what you're trying to get. Like, you're trying to get that that low cross. You know, you're trying to get that intermediate route, that, that, uh, that basic. You're trying to hit those intermediate routes by sucking up those linebackers or the safety that's rolled into the box, get them to step up, and now I'm over their heads in front of safeties or in front of corners. And that's really where you're trying to attack. Well, there's no suck factor in shotgun, you know, where you you, you you catch it and then you do this and everybody and their brother's uncle can see it. And so they're playing that as a defensive player from, from a high to low plane. And um, in play action, especially in hard play action, you want them to suck up so that you can get them over the top. And so, like, it, I see them under gun or out of gun and under center a little bit more than they've been in the past. The one touchdown drive they had against the Cowboys, um, there were, I think it was a 15 play drive. They had eight plays uh, under center and seven plays in gun. Like, that was, that was not part of their offense um, five weeks ago. So I, I like, I like some of that stuff. I think that's, that's good. I still think you've got a young quarterback and, he has to play the majority of the game, almost the entirety of the game on the high dive. And I just think that's a mistake. Like, I think when you ask a guy to be in charge of everything, um, to throw the ball with the frequency that you throw the ball with almost 70% of the time they're throwing the football, um, I don't think there's a lot of opportunities for that guy to have a breather. So I think it's important to give your quarterback some mental reps off, if you will. Um, and some physical reps off where you just turn around and we're going to get into, you know, we're going to get into solo, um, you know, solo 
formation, like solo, two tight end, solo, you know, I I write or solo, I write or whatever, however you call it, right? You're, so you got two tight ends, you got a fullback, you got a tailback, and I'm just going to turn around and hand it off, uh, you know, 18 handoff force or whatever. And I don't have to think about like moving guys around and I don't have to think about motions and I don't have to think about matchups and where's my best matchup and we're getting a three by one. Are they in a single high safety? Do I have a nice shot over here to my X receiver? I I don't have to think about any of that stuff. I'm just going to turn around, hand it all, hand the ball off. Um, And I think that that's important to take some of those mental reps off the quarterback's plate. And I think sometimes I look at them and um, you know, I, I've used this analogy before, but it's like going to a picnic and you go to a picnic and all the food looks amazing, but you got those cheap little Dixie plates and you load up your plate and you load up your plate and you load up your plate and all the potato salad, all the chicken, all the, you know, and then you're trying to walk back to the thing and the plate folds in half and half of your food falls on the ground, right? Like that's what it is for a quarterback to be in charge of everything. All the I got to call the protections. I got to change the protections. I got to re-identify the mic. I've got to you know call the. I got to call the formation. I got to make sure my guy. Oh my guy that broke the huddle and went to the wrong side. No, I got to flip you over. Like there's a lot of mental gymnastics that go into that uh, as a quarterback. And and I believe in a lot of the great offensive coordinators I've talked to um, find it imperative to give their quarterbacks breather plays and to say, hey man. Um, I'm going to give you three or four plays this drive where you don't have to think. And I think that's imp- I think that's important. It also allows you to just get on the ball and quick count somebody. Set up, and you go, and you just try to smash some people. And, and then you start to understand the value of a two- or three-yard run. Like one of the things that I watch with Washington and the running backs in Washington right now is there are so many limited opportunities that every run needs to be a banquet. Sometimes you just need an hors d'oeuvre. Sometimes you just need yeah. an appetizer. Like sometimes I just need a nasty four-yard physical run. And what that does to slow down a pass rush, what that does, you know, to to affect the defense is amazing. But these guys are like, man, I'm a, I might only get eight chances. So all of a sudden you see, you know, I, I, I've watched Robinson where you got something blocked pretty well and – I always talk about entry points of the back, where you want like inside hip of the tackle or inside hip of the right. tight end, depending on where you're running, like that entry point. And you hit that entry point, and if you just put your nose in there, you're going to get an ugly four, I mean, an ugly four yards. But all of a sudden, I watch him bounce to the backside where guys are unblocked, and it's a one-yard game. And I think part of that is because you don't trust the fact that I'm going to get enough carries to eventually pop one. So you're trying to pop everyone. And to get people to over-pursue so you can cut back, you got to get them with that four, that three, that four, that five, that four, that five, then bam, out the backside. That's that's how you are effective in the run game. And I watch a bunch of running backs that are going to get six carries, and they're like, some bitch, I'm going to try to break every one of these, right? And that's right. not how the running game works. And that's a, that's a failure to me, a failure of, of play call. Yeah. Well, I think the other thing I want to kind of double click there is obviously like running the ball is important and you've got to watch some really good offenses over the course of the year. Yeah. How does Sam, you know, compare with some of these other young quarterbacks in your mind in terms of his development? Obviously, 
you know, like there's, you mentioned the play calling, how you don't feel like that's maximized here necessarily. Sure. But like comparing him to like Brock Purdy or um, the kid down in yeah. Houston, like where those offenses are a little bit different. What do you see from Sam in comparing him to some of these other young players around the league? I, I really like Sam. I really like the way he spins the ball. I like the way he throws the ball. I think, um, I think the other, like the other two guys that you mentioned, have spent so much time over the course of their career uh, under center and working on you know the timing of the offense through the footwork that is required to you know to to throw the ball. Like uh, a couple of my quarterback buddies always say, the uh, the timing of the offense is held in the quarterback's feet, mm. and and that's true. And you know this, man. If you're running a, a you know a a flat curl combination, right? I mean, you hit a certain step in your, you know, in your progression, you hit the fifth step, bam, it's the flat. If that's not open, you hitch up once, you throw it to the curl, right? It's That's the timing. And the footwork is imperative to be able to throw the ball on time. You cannot throw the ball in this league accurately or on time if your feet aren't correct. And here's an issue with quarterbacking coming out of college into the National Football League. Most of these kids grow up in seven-on-seven. Then they go to high school where they're in shotgun 100% of the time. Then they go to college, and they're like like Bryce Young, the only time he was ever under center at University of Alabama is when they were in victory formation kneeling on the ball. Hmm. And so the timing of your feet don't necessarily align with the routes and the route combinations that you're running. And – I've had this conversation one-on-one with, with Sam Howell before, like my feet were awful and it's been a, it's been a real work in progress here because that's all I've ever done has been in, in gun. And when you're in gun, especially gun in college, like what is completely covered in college is wide open in the national football league, wide open. Right. And so these guys don't have, a lot of these kids don't have the footwork that, that relates to being able to throw the ball on time. So you're a little bit late. And in, in this league, if you're a little bit late, that's either a knockdown or a pick six or, you know, it's it. – so those are the things that happen and those are the things that he's really working on. He's definitely improved. But I would tell you that C.J. Stroud and Brock Purdy came from a situation where their footwork and their foot energy was much, much better – than that of Sam Howell, just simply because they had worked on it throughout their collegiate careers. Yeah, those are probably the two best young quarterbacks in the league right now. Guys drafted the last two years, like whether it's PFF grade, quarterback rating, QBR, touchdown interception ratio, like those guys are the top two in basically every single metric. Uh, Mark Schlereth on the call this weekend for Fox Sports, Commanders and Dolphins. And of course, make sure you do not miss the Stinkin' Truth podcast, a fine Odyssey podcast. <laughs> thank, thank, uh, you thank can you. listen to it on the free Odyssey app, uh, especially worth checking out on a Monday following a uh, game that Mark calls for the Commanders because he kind of unloads his notes from the production meetings and all that kind of stuff. Uh, so conversations with Ron Rivera, Eric Bieniemy, Sam Howe, you get all the extra stuff that doesn't make the broadcast on a Monday edition of the stinking truth mark always great to catch up man uh if we don't get you again before the end of the season let's definitely try to carve out some time in the off season safe travels here to dc and uh we'll see you this weekend at fedex sounds good guys my pleasure always great to catch up
All right, that is Mark Schlereth from Take Command. If you want Logan and I's preview of the Dolphins, that precedes that on this episode. Make sure you are subscribed, and it'll be in your podcast feed tomorrow morning. Also just confirmed via text that Mark's broadcast partner, Adam Amin, will join us tomorrow at 5 o'clock. Always a delight to have on the show. Great to have my friend uh, visit us on a Friday after his meetings with Ron Rivera and Eric Bieniemy and Sam Howell and everybody. They do the production meetings, and Adam gives us a call, and it is great to have him back on the show tomorrow at 5. Also tomorrow, uh, we got our picks for the week. We go around the NFL. It's a Wizards game day, so we'll talk to Dave Johnson. Uh, plenty of good stuff on a football Friday Tomorrow. When we get back, though, we wrap up the show with real things real people said into real microphones.